Tesla is known as one of the most innovative companies in the world. They ship about around 1.3 million electric vehicles every year, but in China, 1.1 million Tesla vehicles are being recalled. The problem: brake issues. The nation of China has ordered Tesla to recall 1.1 million cars after an investigation reported issues with their brakes. State officials said that the electric vehicles did not provide a warning to drivers when they pressed hard on the accelerator for a long period of time. This defect could lead to increased collisions. This is just the latest of several issues with the manufacturing of Teslas. We can admire the technological advancements the company and other companies are making while still being cautious. Technology is great, but it isn't perfect. The humans that develop them are not perfect either. So don't put your trust in technology. Put your trust in Jesus, because He is only the one who can save. Welcome to Haven today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. Here on Wednesday, we're in a series this week called "The Living Lord." Have you ever had a negative label put on you? Have you tried and failed to live down a negative reputation from your past? Maybe you were a bully growing up, and you can't live it down, even though the Lord may have entered your life, and that's not you anymore. Or maybe you are, or were, one of those who only expresses the negative. You are, or have been, critical of everyone and everything. There may be a reason people don't like to be around you. Well, if any of the above applies to you, and I think all of us could say yes at some time or another, you have a kinship to the disciple of Christ named Thomas. What do we still call him today? Doubting Thomas. In our time together. We continue a series on the Living Lord, and when we finish, I hope you will be able to conclude that the Living Lord dispels our doubt. But before we get to that, I want to go to Hollywood, California. That's where this program was born 89 years ago. I want us to meet up with the president of Kappa Studios, Paul Long. Paul is a Christian brother, and he's worked in the film industry for over 30 years. And his studio works with all sorts of Christian film and TV productions, and they've done the post-production for the Chosen TV series. Paul, welcome for the first time to Haven today. Hey, great, great to be here. How are you doing? How did your production company get connected with Dallas Jenkins and the Chosen TV series? Yeah, you know when when this whole thing went together, it came over before there really was a Chosen. Uh, and they were here uh, in town. Uh, Dallas had come in to hire editors, and he was here for the purpose of identifying editors and looking for a place to do post. And so we were grateful to have him combine visit, but we didn't really know what was going on with the show in terms of what it would become. We just knew it was an opportunity, and this seemed like a great guy. But what we found out when we sat out with him is this guy is really a man of God. He loves the Lord, and we we, we talked and prayed for three hours. We just had a dandy of a day, and he te- told me that he texted his wife later that. He said, this was a holy hour He <laughs> because we just had a great time. You know, I just kind of had an affinity for each other. And, and uh, you know, Brad was going downstairs with, with him later to walk around the building. He hadn't seen anything here. He hadn't even seen the facility. And he got to the bottom. He said, Brad, quit selling me. Uh, I'm working here. Uh, it's happening. And besides, I got a meeting. I got to go. And he just shot out of here and we never looked back. We just worked. So we've been grateful. We're on season four now. And 
we think this is a project that um, is very important. It's probably the most important thing that we've done, and we love it, and we're grateful to be a part of uh, something that's speaking faith in Christ and to the to the nations. Now that the chosen has, could I say, blown up, what are your thoughts about the impact it's having for the sake of the gospel? Boy, it, uh, I guess one word that comes to mind is staggering. What, what it's doing around the world is, is just it's mind blowing because. People are hungry for the Word of God. They want to know about Christ. I've been told that when they run these shows, at least the first season or two, the word searches were just off the charts. People are Googling, you know, who is Jesus? Who is Matthew? What, you know, <laughs> the Bible, what is it? Because nobody knows from nothing. They just don't anymore. So it's incredible. It's causing people to look into the Word, recommit themselves to Christ, see Christ in a way that uh, is is not normally portrayed. And we know that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And when he walked the earth, that must have been quite a deal. But he, the, the man part of it was pretty fun because they got to be around somebody that was a lot like them, but nothing like them all at the same time. Paul Long, he's the founder and head of Kappa Studios in Hollywood. He's also a brother in the Lord. He's an evangelical, born-again, Bible-believing Christian who seeks to honor his Lord. Thanks for joining us for the first time here on Haven Today. Oh, great. Hey, Charles, thanks so much for having us on the show. We appreciate you, and we love Haven Arrest. We've been uh, listeners for a long time, and we're with you all the way. Well, after the program, I want to invite you to join others who have watched The Chosen. For you to get seasons one, two, and three on DVD by making at least a minimum gift to our ministry. Not only will this series be a great way to remind yourself of the story of Christ, it's also a great way to introduce somebody else to Christ's story for the very first time. So may I invite you to come to our website after the program, watch some of the excerpts from the series, as well as some interviews that I've done with the show's creator, Dallas Jenkins. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org, or call us 800 800- 65 Haven, 865 Haven. And if you just want to get the new season three on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. Now, are you ready? A resurrection song, Because He Lives. God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to
Today that we're calling the living Lord. I'm Charles Morris. And we're talking this week and today especially about how the living Lord dispels our doubt. And the disciple I'm thinking about is the man that we know as Doubting Thomas. James Stewart, not the actor Jimmy Stewart, but James Stewart was a famous New Testament scholar in Scotland. He wrote about Thomas saying, he has been anathematized by a label branded by an epithet, and this is monstrously unfair. His name means twin, and perhaps you feel or it felt like his twin. And if so, the appearance of the living Lord to Thomas can have special meaning to you today. It will not be just a biblical story from the past. In those 40 days after Christ arose from the dead and ascended into heaven, It can be for you a very contemporary and personal experience in the present. So let's take a spiritual journey with the biblical Thomas, and hopefully all of us can come out where he did. Thomas is a man well worth knowing, and this will help to spell your doubt. First, contrary to popular opinion, Thomas was a courageous disciple. There can never be any doubt that Thomas loved Jesus. When the news of Lazarus' illness reached Jesus and his disciples, Jesus proposed to leave Perea and go to Bethany, that village east of Jerusalem, over the top of what we call the Mount of Olives. That's where Lazarus lived with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Thomas knew that it would be very dangerous for Jesus to go back so near to Jerusalem. But Thomas was ready to go with his Lord, even if it was dangerous and they could possibly die. He says in John eleven sixteen, let us go that we might die with him. The other disciples were afraid. They were hesitant, but not Thomas. Or as one Scottish theologian said, for Thomas, there might be death, but there could never be disloyalty. Second, though, Thomas was a confused apostle. It was now the evening before Jesus was to die the next day. 
Jesus was trying to prepare his followers for his death. He said he must leave them to go to prepare a place for them to be with him. He told them they knew the way to where he was going. And Thomas couldn't hold back his unasked question. Lord, we don't know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus answers with one of his famous I am statements in John, John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But now what Thomas had feared came true. Jesus was killed and buried. Thomas probably wished he had died with Jesus. The courageous apostle was now a broken man. Third, Thomas was an absent apostle. So there he was, broken-hearted, surely the most down he had ever been in in his life. He couldn't stand being with the others. All he wanted was to be left alone in his grief. But Thomas made a big mistake. He withdrew from the other believers. He sought loneliness rather than togetherness. And because he wasn't there with the other apostles and disciples, he missed the appearance of the living Lord on that very first Easter. He was absent when Jesus came. He missed seeing and hearing Jesus. He missed his Lord's blessing of peace, shalom. And John sadly adds, Thomas was not with them when Jesus came. Two disciples missed the meeting in the upper room. Judas had betrayed Jesus and then committed suicide. Thomas missed out because he knew Jesus was dead and he didn't expect him to come back to life. Surely the next morning, the other disciples found Thomas and told him the good news that their Lord was alive. They also told him the bad news. He had missed his Lord who was alive. And I'm also thinking they also told him that Jesus missed him too. Fourth, Thomas really was doubting Thomas. To Thomas, the news that Jesus was alive and had showed up in the upper room seemed too good to be true. He refused to believe it unless he could see the nail prints in Jesus' hands and could put his own hand in the spear-inflicted side of his Lord. Here's what he said, "'Unless I see, I will not believe.'" He demanded the truth that the other disciples knew to be true. Now stop with me for a moment. Only a simpleton of the worst kind has never known doubt. Haven't we all at some point doubted something or someone or even ourselves? Some of our doubts relate to our faith. There's a great truth somebody once said. He who never doubted, never half believed, where doubt is, there truth is. It is her shadow. In the final analysis, whether doubt is good or evil depends on what we do with it. It may be a disease which culminates in unbelief, or it may become the prelude to a strong and magnificent faith. Samuel Taylor Coleridge said, Never be afraid of doubt, if only you have the disposition to believe. Thomas was at least honest. He refused to say that he believed when he did not believe or to say that he understood what he did not understand. He just wanted to be sure. He wouldn't rattle off a creed he had learned by rote, unsure really in his heart whether it was true. Well, fifth, doubting Thomas became a convinced Thomas. He who was not present when Jesus appeared on that first Easter Sunday was present when believers met again the next Sunday. 
I'm sure it had been a miserable week for him. But he didn't make the same mistake twice. Jesus showed up as before. Again, locked doors didn't keep him out. He pronounced peace on them like the time before. How very much Thomas needed that shalom spoken by his Savior. And what did Jesus do? He zeroed in on Thomas. Focusing on him, Jesus invited him to take the test Thomas had demanded. How humiliating! He didn't refuse to comply with Thomas's demand. He submitted the fact of his resurrection to the test of Thomas and his sense of sight and touch. Jesus knew that the truth of his resurrection could stand the test. He repeated Thomas's own words back to him. Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe, Thomas. And what happened next? Thomas made his confession. One of the greatest confessions in all of the Bible. He alone called Jesus my Lord and my God. He changed his question mark to an exclamation point. My Lord and my God. He had doubted in order to become sure. And then when he became sure, his surrender to certainty was complete. What a lesson for all of us to learn. It isn't a sin to doubt so long as we doubt honestly with a disposition to believe. Don't let Satan push your doubts into continual cynicism and even infidelity. Learn that we must not postpone believing in Christ until all our questions have been resolved. We come to Jesus with childlike faith. We are saved by faith, and we walk the Christian life by faith. The just live by faith. We are saved by our belief and faith in Christ. We commit ourselves to him as our Lord, and then we grow in grace and knowledge of him. And as we grow spiritually for the rest of our lives, our assurance increases. Now, why have we talked about Thomas and the living Lord dispelling our doubt? Well, what happened to Thomas can happen to us today. The Lord is risen. The Lord is here. He wants to lead us out of uncertainty and sadness and doubt. Only Jesus can reveal himself to us. Becoming a Christian and finding certainty most often comes at a time and place like this. Most people meet Jesus in the company of another Christian or Christians. John gives us one final glimpse of Thomas. He was there when Jesus made another appearance beside the Sea of Galilee. It's recorded in John 21, 2. Thomas had learned his lesson. He was in the fellowship of believers. He wasn't going to miss out when Jesus appeared again. Jesus focused one more time on the former doubter. And he told Thomas in verse 29, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus was speaking to you and me. So now today, we can accept the testimony of Thomas and John and Paul as the Holy Spirit pricks our hearts with the truth. Here, John's testimony in the opening three verses of his first letter. 
We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So, my friend, I proclaim to you now, Jesus is alive. If doubting Thomas became convinced, we have no excuse for doubt. Christ Jesus rose from the dead. He is God in the flesh. Fall down before him today and worship him as your Lord, your God. And may the confession of Thomas be ours today, my Lord and my God. See my hands and look at my feet. It's okay if it's hard to believe. It's my time to go But before I just heard an American Christian country band. They're called Cain and the commission on a haven today called the living Lord. 
When we began our time together today, we heard from the president of a studio in Hollywood who is a committed follower of Jesus. And Paul Long shared with us that Dallas Jenkins and his writing team are committed followers of Jesus. They want to hold true to the word. And when Paul Long and Dallas Jenkins first met together, they got on their knees and they asked the Lord for guidance for the TV show that would eventually be called The Chosen. Well, I've spent time with Dallas, and I know that he and his evangelical Christian writers are committed to telling the biblical story of Jesus from an evangelical Christian perspective. They want to stay faithful to the scriptures and help us better understand the context of the first century. As they explore some plausible possibilities, ideas of how Matthew or Jesus' mother would have acted or things they might have done, it's always rooted in the true narrative of Jesus that we find in the four Gospels. This series will be encouraging to you, and it's also a great evangelism tool for you to share the story of Jesus with others. So for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. You can go visit our website, watch some excerpts from The Chosen, take a look at the video interview I did with Dallas in Texas, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or if easier, call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Come back again as we end our week together. And we still get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If God is so great, why am I suffering? It's a question many of us have asked. Psalm 43, 2 says, God is my stronghold. Why am I mourning? It shows that even when we feel rejected, we can turn to the Lord. But it's also a reminder that following God doesn't mean we'll always have an easy and trouble-free life. We will face trials and hardships, and sometimes it may feel like the Lord has left us. Yet even in those dark moments, we can trust that the Lord is with us and that he's working all things together for our good. Christ's love conquers all, even our fickle hearts and the hardships we face. His grace is absolutely sufficient. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.